And I'm Sarah, and this is Creative Reboot. Welcome to episode two, which is obviously very exciting. Uh, we thought we'd start our series by interviewing each other with some of the questions that we might ask our hapless, no, delighted, welcome, <laughs> beautiful guests. <laughs> hapless, um, definitely so, hapless. <laughs> hapless, definitely hapless. So um, for this um, this episode, I'm going to be interviewing Sarah. So, Sarah Waite, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Oh my goodness, where do I even begin? Um, I am Sarah, obviously, and I'm um, I'm a creative copywriter and a uh, people photographer. That's the way I kind of introduce myself. Um, so basically what I do is I write um, copy for lots of small creative businesses, much like my own, um, writing blog posts, writing website copy, emails, basically anything with words. Um, and I also take pictures of them. Um, I, uh, oh God, do you know, this is like doing an elevator pitch and I'm rubbish at doing an elevator pitch. I really am. <laughs> well, oh yeah. And I, I don't think anyone's good at elevator pitches, oh, to be fair. Some people yeah. have got their 30 seconds down pat. Is, I am not one of those people, unfortunately. But yeah, so um, I do mostly branding photography, um, uh, which is kind of like, how do I explain branding photography? Um, I, I do, I'm not, uh, oh, I don't know, Carla, help me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would describe what you do as helping businesses be more visible through words and pictures. Oh, that's, that's good. I like that. Can I write yeah. that down? You can write that down. <laughs> lots and lots of networking over here. So yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah, you're I'm good at other people's skilled. elevator pictures. It's not so great at mine. <laughs> Definitely much more skilled than I am, though. That's for sure. Okay, so... We are Creative Reboot, so we're going to talk about the creative journey. Mm. So, question number, proper question number one. What were you doing before what you do now? Oh, okay. So, um, how far do I go back? Uh, Up to you, but the next question is how did you get from there to here? So, you can either uh, join them together or you can wait joyfully for the you, you can do a little bit about what you did and then tell us how you got there to here or you can go all the way back and tell us your journey oh my goodness up to you yeah how it depends how much you want to share um well okay i'll go back so i kind of have to go back to um i because I, I feel like i've come full circle so i kind of have to go back to being a teenager first of all uh, which was you know very long time ago i'm not going to say specifically when. <laughs> Um, but I was I was always a writer. Um, I started writing probably around the time I was around ooh, 11 or 12 years old. Um, and writing became a really big part of my life when I moved to uh, Malta. I was, my family, my mum's Maltese, my dad's English. Um, and uh, when I was 13, it was decided that we were all going to move to Malta. Um, much to my disgust, I really didn't want to go and live on a nice hot island in the middle of the Mediterranean because, you know, who would at 13 years old? Um, and so writing became a really big uh, thing for me while I was there. I used it as a form of therapy, basically. I used to write lots of stories, lots of poems. Um, and yeah, that was that was my creative outlet, I guess, at that point. Um, when I was 19, I moved back to the UK and I very quickly got a job working for the ambulance service. Um, I started taking, I started off by taking um, 999 calls initially. Um, so I was the person at the end of the phone trying to help people and get ambulances to them and being shouted at and, you know, doing all sorts of different things on the phones. Um, and I don't know what happened at that point, but it became, um, writing became a thing I couldn't do anymore. I just stopped, I stopped doing it. 
um, and for a few years, I didn't have anything really. I had I had no kind of creative outlet at all um, until I found photography. Um, so I, oh, I'm trying to think how to explain it in a without going too in depth because I feel like I say this story to a lot of people all the time. Um, but I uh, I went out and bought lots of paints and. Um, an easel and brushes and, and all these things and I carried them all home because I knew I wanted to do something creative I just didn't know what um, and I set it all up in my room and I got all the brushes out and I got the paints out and I got some water out and I daubed the first bit of paint onto my brush and I just was about to put it onto the canvas and I was like what the fuck am I doing I have no idea <laughs> what I'm doing I don't know how I to mean, 10 out, 10 out of 10 for belated self-awareness <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd have found this out before I carried it all home because it was really heavy and I didn't drive at that point. So, um, and I figured out very quickly that writing, uh, not writing, uh, painting was not my medium. Um, I knew I had all these images in, in my head. I just didn't know how to get them out. And I, I think that's where I kind of discovered photography really. Um, so photography became a thing for me. And while that was kind of happening, just dabbling with that, learning about stuff, um, I carried on with my career in the ambulance service, which turned into being a dispatcher, and then it turned into training to become a paramedic, all completely by accident, which I know, Carla, you always think is hilarious. <laughs> well, I know a lot of people that have fallen into careers. I fell into my career, but I fell into digital marketing and web design. I feel like falling into being a paramedic is, is a bit of a different well, kettle yeah, of fish, really. Yeah. But It was, yeah. you know, it was a total accident. It wasn't ever intended. Um, it was just one of those things. I, I It was... You know, I was in my twenties, and I still didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. Basically, so I was. I doing still it. don't know. Well, no, I do. I do a little bit, but you know, there's always space for growing and changing. Absolutely, I've, I've, I feel like I've got more of an idea now. You know, but back then I still had no clue really. So I carried on with the um, the paramedic stuff just because it was paying the bills and yeah, it was interesting. Um, and then at some point, as I was training to be a paramedic, I decided to actually. Um, set up a part-time photography business as well um, again kind of by accident I feel like I got forced into so so that leads us quite nicely into how did you get from there to here and how did you get forced into setting up a photography business well, tell me more about that well, do you know before uh, the very first um, when I first started photography I photographed buildings leaves plants flowers trees anything that didn't really have a voice or argue with me you know <laughs> anything that couldn't couldn't be a pest yeah, yeah okay, I, that know, I wasn't even really patient enough for proper uh, nature photography with animals because you have to kind of sit and wait for animals and I'm just not that kind of person at all so um, I, I do like... I do quite like that you could you could then legitimately say my first clients were trees and turn that into a really like cool <laughs> hippie thing but I'd love to say anyway that. yeah but then actually yeah, what happened was that. was while I was on my paramedic training uh, course um two of the guys that were on the course or two of the people on the course with me decided that they were getting married and they had zero budget for it um and they said to me Sarah we've seen some of your photos obviously not of people because I didn't take pictures of people um but they whether they just you know, had no clue what they were asking for or they saw something in me that I hadn't actually realised yet or, or what, I don't know. But they asked me to photograph their wedding. Um, 
which when they first asked me, I was like, oh, no, definitely don't, no, not going to do that. Definitely not. It's too much responsibility. I don't want to fuck up your photos because if that happens, then, you know, when are you ever going to be able to redo? Get them? married again. Exactly. Yeah. So they basically badgered me for probably about three or four weeks until eventually I agreed to do it. Um, and I borrowed, I borrowed a 5D Mark II from another photographer that I knew. Um, and I used my own little crop sensor 400D, I think it was then, um, as my backup camera. Stuart, my husband, came along with me um, just for moral support and so he could, you know, dip into the buffet because that's all, all he was ever interested in. <laughs> I mean, we talk a lot about food and the photography industry. I feel oh, like definitely. it's important. It's Absolutely. an important part of life. Yeah, yes. so he came along just more for sort of moral support kind of thing and to give me lifts and, and all that stuff. Um, and I just, I went for it. I'd made so many mistakes at that wedding, so many mistakes. I turned up late. Um, I arrived just after the bride did, which is always helpful. Um, but luckily she'd gone in for her meeting with the registrar, so that was fine. Um, I'd been told by the registrars I couldn't take any pictures during the ceremony, so I sat quietly at the back um, until I noticed that family were getting up and taking pictures with their little point and shoots and mobile phones and I thought well hang on a second I'm supposed to be the official photographer maybe I should get up and go and do something um because I was scared I had no idea really what I was doing um but I came away from that day at the end of it uh, absolutely buzzing there was something about it that just grabbed me um I couldn't stop talking on the drive home I was totally full of adrenaline um, I had no idea even like what my photos were going to look like. I didn't, you know, I didn't know what what was going to happen from that point. But I just knew I wanted to do that again. Um, and yeah, so then I started to, to figure out actually people were the, the things that I love to photograph more than anything else, more than the trees, more than the leaves. And um, yeah, and that's where it all went, really. Awesome. Mm. So, so tell us a tiny little bit, or, or a big little bit, it's entirely up to you, about how you've come full circle and the copywriting has switched its oh, yeah. way in. Do you know, I've completely and, you know, about that. And you know, that tiny thing where you moved to Canada. <laughs> oh yeah, that too. <laughs> I feel like someone knows my story better than I do at the moment, but you know. <laughs> good interviewers, they do know you, they know you better <laughs> and you know yourself. That's a good point, actually, you just totally reminded me, because obviously by this point, I, I still, I wasn't writing, um... And I'm trying to think, it's, you know, it's become such a, there's been so many years and I'm getting old now, so. Um, <laughs> She's not as old as she would have you believe. <laughs> um, I, it was probably, Carla, help me out, was it like three years ago? Maybe I don't know, it, I don't know what you're, I don't know what you're looking for. About when I started what my course, basically, my, uh, oh. my, that must be about three years ago, maybe. Two. I've been doing it for two. I would two. say maybe, maybe two two years so probably yeah probably about three years ago you started thinking about okay. it okay yeah it was yeah. um i'd started dabbling again with writing but nothing really serious i think um i think i tried to do some poetry again and realized that i just it wasn't there I, I hadn't done it for so long and i think that's something that once you stop doing it you really have to you've got to grease the wheels again haven't you really it's um mm. It's not the easiest thing to go straight back into when you've not written for a long, long time, especially when you've not written anything more than a shopping list, you know, or the odd um, wedding blog post or whatever, which is not exactly, it's not exactly the most creative thing when, you, when you're when you just writing 
you know, it's fairly formulated, it's isn't it? Yeah, and it's exactly. there to show the photos off rather than your writing exactly, skills, isn't it? Yes, really? Yeah. yeah. So. so um so yeah, I think I'd started to dabble a little bit with writing. Um and I think you know, we you and I had a conversation and and I was just I'd got to the point where the ambulance service was not I won't say not doing it for me. It was um I knew I was at the end of that. I'd done nearly 20 years there and and I was ready to I was ready to go. I knew it wasn't well, going back to that that phrase of not want, knowing what I wanted to do when I grew up, I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do as a grown up, basically. Um, so I think I started I started talking to you about things, and you asked me a fantastic question one day, just out of the blue, and you said to me, "Sarah, put everything aside, put money aside, put uh, possibility, time, everything, just the whole lot aside. What is it you would want to do?" Because I think I'd said to you, "Oh, I'm thinking about maybe taking a course or." or something along those lines um and that was when it popped into my head that i thought well actually i'd really like to actually get a um go for the creative writing degree i'd i'd been hearing about um yeah and that that's what happened i think i i think you said that to me sometime around my birthday and within two weeks i'd signed up to the open university and next thing i knew the books were turning up and <laughs> That's me clapping in the background in case that was a really weird noise through the microphone. Um, I feel like, if I remember rightly, I feel like just before we had that conversation, you were talking about doing a degree, but like a sensible degree. You were going to do something. I can't remember what it was you were going to do, but you were talking about doing, oh, maybe I should get like a marketing degree or I don't know, something useful, useful in a vertical. God, did I actually Um, say that? I think it was, I don't know if it was that, but it was definitely something sensible. And then when you said creative writing, it was like, obviously, obviously that's the thing you're going to do now. So yeah, I'm really pleased. And how is it? How is the course? Absolutely loving it. It's uh, I've done um, two, uh, hang on, I've done four years out of the six so far, but I condensed them down into two years because I'm stupid. Um. <laughs> how, how was that decision for you can i also point out she she will get onto it in a minute but uh as well as doing that she's also running a business setting up another business and moving across the world <laughs> so you know this 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 lady is not someone who does things by heart well, do you know though this, the thing is up until um i started learning photography um and i had i, I remember having this little hiatus for like two or three years of not really having any creative outlet at all I didn't, I, I sat on my ass all the time. I, I literally, I went from home to work. I did a lot of stuff. Obviously, I spent 12-hour shifts at work dealing with highly stressful situations and all the rest of it. But then I would come home and all I would do is sit and watch TV or sit and read a book or, um, you know, I might go out for a wander or whatever, but I wasn't doing anything. There was nothing else really other in my life other than work and at the time, the start of a relationship. And that was it. There was nothing really else going on. And it's. I feel like I'm completely different now in that there's always something going on. And, yeah, it is literally, people say to me, what are you doing today? And I'm like, oh, my God, let me get the list well. out. <laughs> what aren't I doing today? Would you, would you say you're happier for it, though? Oh, God, absolutely, 100%, definitely. It's There are days I complain about it, and there are days that I'm like, I'm so tired. I I've not finished this, or I've not, you know. And because I think we're human beings we are natural complainers that is just what we do we bone at everything and it's okay it's okay not for not every day to be a perfect day oh god like, we are not disney princesses yeah. disney is not a real hang on what are you on about concept i've just seen well, your I mean, mane real, of beautiful but... pink hair you're definitely a disney princess 
Yeah, I know, but even Disney princesses have off days. So, <laughs> and Disney princesses do not swear like I swear. That too, I'm waiting yes. for one of those. I'm waiting for a sweary, pink-haired Disney princess. But anyway, that is another <laughs> another conversation entirely, isn't it? Um, okay, so what has been your most glorious moment so far in your creative journey, do you think? Ooh. And I know that's a bit like asking you to pick like a favourite flavour of chocolate or whatever. but Which is impossible. Um... Yeah, I know. Let's give it a go. <laughs> what's been my most glorious moment so far um i'm just i'm racking my brains um i would say you don't have to come up with it on the spot but we're on a podcast so you kind of do sorry yeah yeah i really should have prepared better for this shouldn't i you know with the questions i knew nothing about obviously yeah <laughs> didn't write them definitely not no Totally, totally winging it here obviously um, i'm just as unprepared to find. <laughs> um i just my most glorious moment so far i don't i don't do you know what your every, favorite moment? every every day so far feels like a glorious moment i get to at the end of every day that and i if i especially if i've learned something new or i've faced a new challenge or um, I've pushed my boundaries a little bit further or just stepped slightly more outside the, the old comfort zone and uh, and I get to the end of that day and go, oh my God, I actually did something today that I didn't do yesterday or I hadn't done before. Um, and that always feels like a really lovely little moment. It's um, Those are the things that make me really proud of, of, um, of what I'm doing now. I think, do you know, my, my most glorious moment so far is actually... It's just doing what I'm doing now. It's 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 finally deciding what I want to do do with my life and loving every bloody moment of it. So that's um, so lovely. Yeah, I think that's it's. Um, I can't pick just one moment because I that I do. That's I fair. find every shoot I do, I'm like, oh god, I love this shoot. Oh, I love this, this one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is that's my why favorite. my website is constantly in a state of flux actually because every time I do a shoot. I love the photos as as much or more than some previous photos, yeah. and so then I end up changing. Yeah. And um, yeah, so. And then I go back to some of my old ones and go, oh god, that was such a lovely shoot. I loved that one, or I loved working with that client, or yeah. Um, and I do you find that you don't really have. So I I I really struggle. So people often say, oh, do you have favourite clients? And I'm like, not really, because they're all different. Mm. And that's what's my favourite, yes, is that they're all, they're all different. And so each one has different. So some of them will have difficult lighting, but wonderful props. And some of them will have yes. just, I don't know, naturally wonderful posing. But they're just all completely different and wonderful. And I couldn't pick a favourite, I don't Absolutely. think. Absolutely. Definitely, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's an excellent <laughs> answer. I like it. Um, that's probably going to be the answer that sets the standard for everybody else's answer to that question now. Oh, holy crap. I'm so, so sorry, everybody. <laughs> no, you're fine. It's our podcast. You're allowed to. Yeah, I think you're allowed to do that. Um, so on to the more real talk, which we, we promised that we would do. So that means we have to tackle it too. This is what true. have you struggled with the most? Where have your challenges been? Oh, for me, it's been a big, really, this year has been my biggest learning curve because up until this year I was side hustling I was working in um uh, in the ambulance service I was doing a couple of, of um, shifts a week because I'd reduced my hours to part-time and I was doing the photography stuff part-time alongside it that was tough in the way that I was trying to run a business whilst also being a shift worker which I do not advocate you know if you're going to do it as a side hustle please have regular hours on one one part of your life and then you know do whatever you want with the side hustle kind of thing but don't ever try and do it with a with a with shift work because it's really bloody hard um but i think it's been this the last nine months i've been full-time freelance and i have 
I've been totally unprepared, funnily enough, for it. I thought I was being prepared because I've been side hustling for so long, but there was a lot um, I've had to learn over the last nine, nine, nine months. Let's try and get my words out. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Um, can't words can't, can't words, words for no, shit that's no. definitely definitely going to be our tagline <laughs> um i think the biggest thing has been the biggest eye-opener for me has been um how much of a routine i need actually for someone who has not worked in a routine i hear you i hear you position for hmm. 20 odd yeah years. you've never really had a routine have you no never it's just routine do, to be honest part of the reason i joined the ambulance service was because i liked the lack of routine i did not want the monday to friday night um, i remember before i before i joined the ambulance service i was um i was temping for oh some charity um and it was monday to friday nine to five and every morning without fail i'd wake up late um, and every morning I would roll over and look at the, the clock and sigh to myself and think, am I actually going to go to work today or am I going to book sick? Because I this is not what I want. I don't want this whole. Um, so, yeah, so that's partly why I ended up going into shift work, because I didn't want that routine. I'd grown up with a mum who did shift work as well. So I kind of understood that that's side of my way. life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so to come into working full time freelance and suddenly realising that Actually, fucking hell, I really need a routine. <laughs> it's been really you know what, though, I think I think we'll probably end up doing a whole episode or more oh, on that because yes. it's something I talk about with friends and and my business partner fitting jobs re- uh, regularly. Um, similarly, I, I've always wanted my freedom. I hate being told what to do. I hate any form of rigidity and structure. Mm. And I've really surprised myself by craving a routine, just a little bit of a routine, yep. because the extent of mine, like yours, probably revolves around the cats. So I get up, I brush my teeth, I have breakfast, I feed the cats. That's it. Yeah. That's the only routine I have in my day. Everything else is not the same from one day to the next mm-hmm. and that's it's not i wouldn't say it's exactly a surprise yeah. but it surprised me how much i want more yes. structure yes. than i ever thought i might i don't want loads no. but i want a little bit just, just a little little yeah, bit absolutely just a teeny yeah. teeny little like bit. a we're skeleton both, to build it around we're both teeny, the smallest <laughs> possible amount we can measure with our fingers because we actually are still terrified of routine oh, clearly yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's 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 okay. it's learning all those kinds of things that that have been the real struggle, and I'm realizing I still have a lot more to learn as well, you know. But that's exciting, though. Oh, that's yeah. not a struggle. It more is. to learn is a good thing, surely. It, yeah, yeah, totally, it is. Um, yeah, so maybe struggle is the wrong word, but um, okay, yeah, I think so. Okay, mm. it's a good, yeah, good, good, uh, good range of stuff going on in there. Yeah. So can we talk about your support network and how that's helped or how, or or what was hindering and how that's got, talk about, let's, let's, let's have a chat about support network. What does that mean to you? Well, for starters, it means, um, I I think the first would have to be family. Uh, definitely. Um, I'm very lucky in that I have the kind of husband who, if I turn around and say, I want to do something, he goes, okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just lets me roll with it he's yeah. a keeper he is yeah um i mean he's very much a the reason we ended up moving to canada was partly we, we actually said the other day that we've had exciting news this week in that um, we've had our permanent residency um approved which has been very exciting and as as we came out of the immigration office and high-fived each other and and cheered and all the rest of it um he turned around to me and he said, this all came from one flippant comment, Sarah, looking at me very pointedly because it was my flippant comment that got us here. Um, 
I think. Can you hear my cat? <laughs> Sorry, I can hear Louis in the background. <laughs> I do apologise. Um, I, I three years ago I turned around to him and I said, "Oh fuck it, let's go to Canada." Um, and but the rest was all him. He is the person who he's a he's uh, what's the word the way to describe him? He just he's a, he's just a one. Uh, he's got a very one track mind. He's got a, when he has a vision he goes for it i'm not that kind of person that is not me um but i need someone like him kind of pushing me really so i kind of get the idea and then go oh i don't know if i can do this anymore and he says no come on you can do this this is what you wanted to do and he pushes me in the right direction so he's probably definitely one of my biggest cheerleaders um for my business he's the one as well you know every time i share something on social media he's straight away is sharing it with his network and um just always encouraging me um yeah and just whatever my crazy idea i come up with next he goes okay then let's let's see how we can do this so uh, I, there is definitely no way i would have got this far without him go giving me that support so that's very yeah. lovely but then at the same time as well i think people like yourself carla as well friends that i've made along the way um who have very similar sort of um like-minded type people i didn't know people like carla when i first um started doing this i think in fact we both said didn't we how sort of late to the game we should have we should have known each other many years before and we probably would have got a lot more done but (laughs) but i i'm a great great believer just recently a lot of things have happened in weird orders Mm -hmm. and in ways that i couldn't have predicted and it's made me really reaffirm that we are exactly where we need to be. Yes. We are exactly where we are supposed yeah. to be at any given moment. And actually, I think if we had walked into each other's lives earlier, mm. we might not have bonded in quite the same way. We might not have had the same friendship because there was other stuff going on in both of our lives yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. And we weren't ready to leave the jobs. Yes. Because we left our jobs quite close to each other. I left in August. Sarah left in... December. November? December? Yeah. Um, So we kind of held each other's hand through that process mm. and uh did a lot of swearing as well uh, <laughs> i'm really not as sweary as i'm making myself sound really but really. sometimes it happens <laughs> no i am i use it like punctuation much to my poor mum's horror um but yeah i think i think yeah I, i'm sad i didn't know you earlier mm. but i'm glad that we met when we did yes i think that was good time oh that's lovely you. i like that that's very nice yeah. what she said <laughs> but yeah, actually, it's almost like we're running a podcast together. I know, know what each other is thinking. Anyway, it's actually yes, along good. those sort of lines. It's um, because uh, I think before I met you, I I found another photography network as well of very sort of like-minded people, and I had uh, I had no idea there were creative people who were a lot like myself. In that, um, we weren't overly worried about doing everything perfectly or um how the book says or um uh i really should have eaten more at lunchtime because i feel like my blood sugars are dropping and that's probably why i can't words it's okay (laughs) but um it was it was an eye-opener to me to find a bunch of people who weren't constantly criticizing what i was doing they were just supporting and being very there was a, a real a real community sense about it rather than the competition um feeling that you get from a lot of people yes um, community community over competition absolutely. which is i think 
overused but not used enough i say over it's only been in recent you know. years though that i think it's become a thing i think back certainly back when i started photography it was you shared a so, oh, this is before the days of facebook obviously but you had like um photography forums on the internet and you'd post a photograph and you'd you'd read the next 10 comments would all be really critical oh this you did this wrong you did that wrong you know and there was no so those forums when I was 19 are the reason I didn't pick up a camera yeah between the ages of like 20 and 25 yeah, which I think is really yeah. upsetting um yeah but I you know thank, thankfully there's, there's obviously a very stubborn streak in me because I persisted through those comments and actually turned around to them all and said I don't really give a shit what you think I like it um and then I found the people that were much more supportive and they you know people who would turn around and say okay maybe you've done this this way maybe you could have done it that way and i go oh actually yeah i think you're right maybe i could have done it that way so but it's more constructive isn't it mm. i think actually that's something throughout i mean i've never studied art but yeah. um everything i did study at school um i did most i did for some bizarre reason decided to do physics at a level but everything else oh is quite humanities God, so Carla. quite subjective yes yeah, right. i didn't pass um <laughs> Wow. I don't even I don't even list it on my uh, I'm, I don't know what I was thinking I did no. I did French German English English lit and physics wow. uh, yeah anyway oh. um but the I used to get very frustrated I had one particular teacher who uh, I was only about 16 I might have even been GCSE rather than A level and so I had one really good teacher who would say right this is fantastic but if you did this this and this yeah. it would be better so you would learn from it you could take that stuff and actually apply it to what you were doing next mm -hmm. and then I had another teacher who I mean she didn't quite say this is shit do it again but the underlying message was this is terrible yeah. but she didn't tell you how to do it any better so you just ended up doing it differently badly yeah. and I found that so frustrating and actually finding people that will give you like I'm always open to to criticism yep. if it's constructive Absolutely. if i can learn from it yeah. if someone's just going to say i don't like it i'm like yeah good i do mm. so yeah yeah exactly. hey because, you know, because why I'm don't you like go it? Back give to me my... some give me some information yeah yeah i'm going to go back to my emotional response which is hang on a second this is mine and don't diss mm. it because i actually really like it so yeah totally also yeah. if you don't like it go make something better yourself exactly. i'm a lot more belligerent now than i was when i was younger yes. i have to say yeah. but i i admire that because say those forums uh, nearly did for my mm. very fragile creative confidence when i was younger so um, i mean i was very young and the internet was a weird, weird place in the early 2000s, but yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. There you go. Okay. <laughs> um, so what do you wish you'd known at the start of your creative journey? Oh, there are far too many things I wish I'd known. Um, Pick some. <laughs> I think my biggest one Just probably is actually don't listen. Uh, maybe not so much don't listen to those people, but don't take everything they say personally. Take it with a pinch of salt. Um to use that very well-known cliche i do love a cliche um i love a good cliche yep <laughs> i'm okay with cliches on this 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 episode this series podcast yeah i can't wear this today either. sorry continue <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think definitely the, that, that's probably my biggest take home is for and one that i always try to relate to people who are just coming into um a creative Career, journey, thank you. path. Thank you. All those words. Yes, they're all good. <laughs> <laughs> Your face. So. It's just, yeah. There's nothing. Yep. There's nothing coming. There's nothing um, coming out. Um, it's all right. We're nearing the end. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure people will be thinking, oh, thank God for that. <laughs> I'm sure they're not. Um, yeah, it's, uh, what was I saying? Uh, I was saying, yeah, it's, it's the thing that I would have 
very much would have liked to have known back then is actually you know just just to just to do what what feels right for you as well as the was the other big one um I've, i spent a long time listening to other people and trying to do things the way they said i should do it um and that and i don't just mean how i took photographs or how i write i mean how i ran my business as well um and it took me a long time and and a lot of confidence to actually go do you know what no i don't want to do it that way that's that doesn't feel natural to me it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like i'm going to put as much into it because i don't believe it should be that way um yeah and then to actually sort of turn around and say i'm going to do it this way whether you like it or not really and if you know if you don't like it then that's entirely up to you as well i don't dispute people who don't like the way i do things but off you fuck <laughs> yes that's what i normally say <laughs> i hope you, like i hope it. that's loud enough for the microphone <laughs> It's come up on the recording, oh, it'll be fine. Um, but um, I also, I, I tailor that in company to off you fluff. Yes. If it's people that prefer not swearing. Cause I, also, if you're really annoyed with someone and you say off you fluff, they look at you with such bewilderment that they stop being angry with you. It's great. So, anyway. Yeah, so that is definitely probably one of the biggest ones I always try to convey to other people. Yeah, that's a really good one, actually. Yeah, really good one. Anything else that you would have liked to have known? Uh, oh, how to deal with money would be a good one. I wish I'd learned yes. that one for a, a long, long time ago. I actually did a budgeting course last week, which was an eye opener. It really was. <laughs> I, I am absolutely okay. horrified. In a good way. It, uh, in in a good way in that I'm going to learn lots from it and um, okay. and make lots of money in future because I'm not going to spend so much of it on groceries, which you know is fine. Uh, oh, that's horrific! When you when you start budget when you start working out what you spend on, I live by myself, and when I made the leap to full time self employment, I did the same thing. Yeah. I went through, and, and actually, the amount I spent on groceries was actually a little bit it's hideous. shameful. It's hideous, like, really shameful. I'm just horrified um, by how much it was for one month. Also, also, you look at it and you think, but I'm not eating all of it. Where I is know. it going? <laughs> where is that? Where is it going? Where, where, why is my fridge not overflowing? Exactly. What is happening? Because it bloody yes, well should no, be for that totally price. I really it. tell you. <laughs> I know. I, I do blame my cats. My cats have very expensive food. Yes. So I blame them for some of my grocery bill, yeah. but not all of it. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly. So yeah, budgeting is definitely... Okay. I, I would learn budgeting that one very, very early on. And also, if there's something you don't enjoy doing in your business, pay someone else to do it. Um, and don't be afraid of doing that as well. I think oh, it's the it's the whole thing. Actually, um, as a sort of sidetrack to that, not just paying someone else to do it, but actually, don't and don't don't look for the cheapest option. Just actually pay someone to do the job well for you, well, hmm. um, because it makes so much difference. And it's one it's one thing then that's at, you know leaves you to concentrate on the thing that you love doing. Um, you're right, yeah. and I think actually you're having someone who you can give the job to and know that they'll do it yes. is worth oh more money than having to micromanage somebody mm. i hate being micromanaged i hate having to manage even more yeah. and i think being able to just give someone something and let them run with it yes. is just a bit more freeing absolutely and, and actually otherwise you're still worrying about the thing so you might as well be doing exactly. it exactly yeah exactly. yes that makes a lot of yeah. sense excellent mm so to our fabulous fabulous audience our fabulous creative listeners what advice would you give them which you sort of sort of touched on I'd but would you say anything specific it. you'd yeah, tell them i think it's I, the, the one thing i always come back to and that is just because of the kind of person i am um it is just just do what feels right for you that is the, the, of all the advice i would ever give anybody that is the biggest piece of advice i would ever give um because i 
it really upsets me that people get into something like a creative uh, pursuit, passion, job, career, whatever word you want to use for it, um, and they end up not enjoying themselves because they're not doing what feels right for them. They're not. They're not. They're not being true to themselves. Um, and that's not why we get into to doing this, really, is it? I, well, I know it isn't for me. So, no, no yeah. it's not. So I think of, um, of, above anything else, just listen to yourself. You know, go look inside yourself if you need to journal, if you need to talk to somebody about it. But just go with your gut instinct. It's my one of my biggest things. Go on. I know, I was going to say, I, that takes practice. Yes. That does take practice. Does. We are trained out of listening to our, our gut instinct yeah. to listening to ourselves. So don't feel bad if you think, but I don't know what my gut's telling me. It's just doing a thing. Yeah. But what is the thing? What does it mean? <laughs> that's that's okay. And that will come in time. Oh, but you. practice listening to it for everything. Because mm. um, I know initially I, I knew my in- intuition was telling me something, but I'd sort of be like, well, it feels like this, but I don't know what that means. So that feels quite strange then, to me, actually. because, that, because Further I keep... down the line, yeah, it's better. Mm. No, no, further down the line, it's much, much yeah. better. It's, do, you, so... do you know what? It's, it's quite interesting that you say that to me, because I think I've been so used to just doing everything on gut instinct for the last... 30, nearly 40 years. Um, <laughs> I told you she wasn't that old. <laughs> Close enough. Um, yeah, I've, uh, you know, because that's, that's, we go back to what I said at the beginning, how I accidentally became a paramedic, how I accidentally photographed my first wedding. This It was all gut instinct stuff. Somebody asked me or I saw something and went, okay, yeah, okay, I'll give that a go because I was just following a feeling, really, because I didn't know what else to do. I didn't have a... Uh, a plan I've never had a plan mm. um, so the only other thing that was left for me to do was to go by how I felt see that is interesting because I, I would say in my youth I was almost exactly the opposite mm. that there was an expectation not necessarily from my parents and my immediate family and friends Maybe but you? there was an expectation no 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 not from me no. I would say from external so teachers uh, lecturers head of year mm. um, just external people um that I would do a certain thing and take a certain path and so although my instinct said one thing I got very good at putting that in a box and doing it on the side um I used to get told a lot that oh well you can do that when you retire when I'd come up with this thing I wanted to do (laughs) I don't want to wait 50 years to do that I want to do it now even make it that far come on you know I know right (laughs) so um I got very very good in my youth sort of my teenage years of shoving my instinct in a box and hoping for the best and then um I'm not quite sure when it changed, but I, I would say through my 20s, I learned to listen. Mm. And now in my 30s, I'm much, much better and better than most people I know now oh. at listening to my intuition. But I think it's something that is trained out of us. I think you're quite rare for following, for keeping that ability to listen to your instinct your whole life. Most most people our age don't have that as a natural thing. Okay, that's that's very. We might have to yeah. do a whole thing about this because that's really. I think we will have to do a whole yeah. thing about it and get some other people's input as well. But yes. lots of people I talk to, they say, "Oh, you're so self-aware. You're so good at knowing stuff." And I'm like, "Yeah, I've had to cultivate it because it is trained out of us from birth. We are trained to be cogs in a wheel." Mm. Um, no, that's not what I mean. Cogs in a machine. There aren't mean. cogs in a wheel. That's not a thing. But you know what I meant. We all do. We were um, nodding along. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there's. I think that's really rare and really precious, and I'm. A little bit jealous that you've kept yeah. that your whole life um but also really lovely to hear like it's a really nice thing to to hear yeah. um and i think yes we might have just found ourselves another episode absolutely we'll have to note that one day won't we <laughs> definitely definitely cool perfect okay so that's that reaches the end of all the questions oh, i have for that you wasn't quite so, so painful <laughs> no 
time to plug you yourself shameless self-promotion except self-promotion um, oh, excuse me i've got hiccups it's never shame it's never shameful it's never shameful. um what are you currently doing what are you offering what can people buy where can they find you tell us all the things and we'll shove it in the show notes sure well. yeah okay so my main um website is sarahwaite.com so that's s-a-r-a-h-w-a-y-t-e.com i have the most awkward surname in the world um and that is i uh, i'm one of these people who is who is very lazy and has put everything all on one web, on one website so you've got copywriting stuff all on there and you've got photography all on there too um and um i'm actually the one of the big things i'm probably shouting about at the moment is my nice little free downloads that i've made for people um which teaches you or shows you how to um uh, critique and overhaul your homepage because i think that's very important that you should have a homepage that works for you um and the other thing actually i will plug is my little photography mentoring blog that i write Again, that was Carla's fault. I wasn't, you know, that was uh, not... I'm happy to take responsibility for that. That was a really good thing. I'm okay (laughs) with being blamed for that Which is basically all the things that I wish I'd known about photography when I first started out. That's kind of where I I blog about that stuff for new photographers or people who have been photographing for a long time but just feel like they haven't really got um, the, the heart and soul in their photographs at that point. So it's the, that's Heartlines um, is the name of that, and you can find that at heartlinesphoto.co.uk, or one word. Um, yeah, I think that's everything, and you can find me on Instagram, sarah.wait, and um, Facebook, oh, that one too. Yeah, that's um, Sarah Wait that's Photography and Copywriting is all one word as well, so yeah. Excellent. And do you, so obviously we, although we sound like we're in the same room, we are actually on opposite sides of the planet, which I find really cool. Yes. And we'll probably mention every episode because it fascinates my geeky little heart. Um, whereabouts are you, my Canadian geography is shocking. So whereabouts <laughs> are you based? Where I know you work worldwide, but for more local listeners, whereabouts is your so kind of um, home base? Yeah, it's a good question. I am on the west coast of Canada in British Columbia um, in a tiny little place called, I say tiny, it's not that tiny it's a, a city called. it's not tiny i live in england <laughs> <laughs> it's a city called chilliwack which is about an hour outside of vancouver um but yeah so mainly photography wise i center that around here unless i'm traveling which i will very soon be because i'm going to start uh, planning some travels um but as far as the copywriting goes i do that from anywhere in the world anyway so perfect um i think that probably brings us to an end i think that was fascinating i think i actually learned some stuff about you which is nothing short of a miracle at this point with the long conversations we've had i'm very excited i really enjoyed that that was fun yeah so um i think that that brings us to the end of episode two which is very exciting um have a little nose on creativereboot.co if you haven't already make sure you're on our mailing list so we can tell you when new episodes are out um and i'm gonna wrap it there i think thank you so much sarah that was a really lovely first interview i really enjoyed that thank you very much thanks for listening guys and uh, make sure to like us subscribe to us do all the things so that more people get to listen to our dulcet tones discussing creative stuff rating you've got to rate it apparently that's really rating that's the thing that's the thing (laughs) in like 50 episodes time i'll have that down pat but at the moment i'm winging it massively so (laughs) it's all good it's all good thanks very much guys Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.